and welcome to Alternative Power Place, a podcast from Buchanan Ingersoll and Rooney and the Brattle Group, all about the new and innovative ways in which companies are meeting their electricity and thermal needs for their facilities, buildings, and other sites. I'm your host, Metin Selebi, a principal at the Brattle Group, a global economic consulting firm. I help clients conduct economic analyses for a range of energy issues, including combined heat and power opportunities. Today, we are fortunate to welcome to the show Mike Larson, Business Development Director at DTE Energy Services, a diversified energy company based in Detroit. He's going to talk to us about one particular form of alternative power, combined heat and power. Mike, it's great to have you on the podcast. Glad to be here. Thank you very much. So, Mike, to start with, can you tell us a little bit more about DTE Energy Services and what your role is at DTE? DTE Energy Services is the non-regulated arm of the energy holding company, DTE Energy. The energy holding company has both a regulated side and a non-regulated side. The regulated side handles natural gas and electricity sales uh, within its service territory, Michigan. And then the non-regulated group, we have a number of projects. We have no service territory, so we actually have a number of projects, uh, energy-related projects that we do across North America. We've developed approximately 130 projects since the mid-90s. 75 of those are operating right now. I will say from a personal standpoint, my role as business development director, I get involved really from the very uh, initiation of projects, you know, all the way from talking with customers about the ideas of does this type of project make sense? Does a co-generation make sense? All the way through the technical design and ultimately the implementation, both uh, technically and commercially for the project. Thank you, Mike. Uh, on this podcast, we focus our discussions primarily on combined heat and power, or CHP. Can you describe for us the basic concept of typical CHP systems? Sure. Uh, combined heat and power, from a technical standpoint, is to supply both electrical energy and thermal energy uh, from a common system. Most often, you'll see this with gas turbines or reciprocating engines. What they're doing is they are recovering the exhaust that might be 800 or 1,000 degrees, taking that energy that would have otherwise been exhausted into the atmosphere, recovering that heat, usually in the form of hot water or steam, and then as they harvest that energy, make that usable to the end user. So uh, can you tell us, Mike, what your experience you had with CHP? Actually, I've been involved with uh, CHP my whole career, so close to 30 years. I started as a mechanical engineer, so I certainly have done my fair share of conceptual and detailed design. Uh, more recently, in my role with DT Energy Services, it can be anywhere from the early conceptual designing, getting projects both technically and commercially across the finish line, those projects also take on different forms. Sometimes it might be acquisitions and reconfigurations of CHP systems. And sometimes it could be as simple as taking existing systems that are 
already functioning and optimizing the operations. DTE really offers all those services, and my role as development director tries to implement those services. So in the projects that I have done on the CHP space, there are a lot of questions the facility managers and operators uh, need to ask themselves when they consider their facilities energy options. So in your uh, experience, what should they be asking themselves if they are looking into combined heat and power and who should be looking into CHP more closely? I've seen my fair share of customers you know, contemplate CHP and I've certainly seen some do it more effectively or efficiently than others. From my experience, I think the first question to ask is to understand the status quo, understand your current energy requirements. And that means not only what your loads are, how much power do you use, how much steam or hot water do you use, but even more of the details, the minimums, the maximums, the averages, do you have seasonality to those loads? That's critical. But another aspect that goes into that is not only understanding the loads, but understanding how they're served right now. Most specifically, utility bills. Understand your utility bills. I've, I've had more than my fair share of customers have conversational understanding of this is what my steam load is. This is what my electrical loads are without having very specific metered data and understanding that and maybe not even fully understanding what they're currently paying for, you know, delivered gas prices, delivered electricity prices. That matters a lot. And I think it helps the conversation very quickly to evaluate, does CHP make sense? So next, and really maybe goes hand in hand, is consider and maybe as, as much as possible, prioritize your drivers. F folks have a lot of different reasons for exploring CHP. Most commonly, it is just pure bottom line financials. We're looking for savings in the form of dollars on an annual basis. But there are other goals that, that could be out there that could influence your decision on whether to look at CHP and how to look at CHP. It can be sustainability, environmental goals. It could be fuel switching, even you know, or modernization, right-sizing of utilities equipment. A lot of times folks will have existing equipment that's ripe for new investment, and they could say, hey, let's just go replace in kind or put in additional capacity. But before we do that and make that significant capital commitment, maybe there's a better mousetrap out there, and CHP might be that better mousetrap. Can you describe for us the most common ways CHP projects are typically implemented, including the outsourcing model offered by DTE. As I mentioned before, th these projects are capital intensive. You know, smaller end projects can be four, five, six million dollars, and on the high end, you can certainly be you know well into the hundreds of millions of dollars. So there are a lot of different ways these projects come about, and from an implementation standpoint, we see a number of customers that they say, we're going to invest while it may be not the highest return use of our money, but it, you know, utilities are important. They're lifeblood of the facility to say, that's where we're going to put our capital and our resources focused on that area and do the projects themselves, inclusive of evaluation to engineering, ultimately construction and eventually operations. 
the alternate model that DTE offers is to come in and get involved in those projects. As we describe it, we, we are a DBOOM company, D-B-O-O-M. We design, build, own, operate, and maintain as a third party. We don't necessarily do all of those activities on every project, but we have that as a service offering to basically integrate ourselves with a customer to decide what makes sense, what do they need. Most often what we see where DT brings a value is on the ownership and operations standpoint. Ownership, you know, we have an interest in investing our money in other entities. And then what we will do is we will enter into what we call an energy services agreement where we recover that capital over time. And as we do that, we also will take over the operations. At the end of the day, utilities, while they are the lifeblood oftentimes of the facilities, they are also a forgotten aspect of the plant and maybe most easily carved out because they're not really core to the business. And folks, if they have an interest in investing capital, they say, if I have $20 million to invest, would I rather invest that in my utility systems or would I rather invest that in a new production line? In terms of the timeline for the typical CHP system, can you tell us about the, the typical development cycle of installing a CHP system and how long will this process uh, typically take? As I mentioned before, CHP solutions are not overnight. We think of, you know, the first thing you would look at is initial screening evaluation. Depending on the level of detail done there, you're looking at probably anywhere from two weeks to two months. The next piece, you would look at preliminary engineering and even initial permitting and you know, electrical interconnections, things that have to happen to get projects done. And they're longer lead time activities. So, you know, and I, and I think longer lead time, these are six to 12 month activities in parallel is when you start to dive in and start doing uh, engineering, procurement, and construction activities. So this is the more detailed engineering, selecting equipment, procurement. When you're talking about the prime movers for these projects, you know, gas turbines, reciprocating engines, steam turbines, boilers, heat recovery, steam generators, the lead time on those is anywhere from nine to 12 months. So you want to get those activities going as quickly as possible. And some of that activity is certainly staggered, but from an engineering procurement construction standpoint, you're looking at probably 18 to 24 months. So as I put the whole schedule together, you're probably looking at two to three years to do a, a CHP project. We know many companies in various sectors have installed uh, CHP systems before, including uh, hospital systems, uh, universities, manufacturing facilities, etc. So uh, in your experience, which sectors have you worked in to install the PHPs? Man, I think you check almost all the boxes I was thinking about. I think uh, the automotive manufacturing, for sure, we've just uh, had a 34 megawatt cogeneration come online earlier this year in southeastern Michigan. 
while it is in the industrial space research and development facilities, which is kind of an interesting animal because while technically the counterparty is in the industrial space, the cogen is actually really serving more of a campus setting. It looks a lot more like a university campus. And then certainly, you know, chemicals, plastics, refinery are all areas that we've seen a lot of activity. They're generally fairly energy intensive as far as, uh, you know, high electric, high steam, and they're also generally base loaded, which also certainly helps. It's nice when 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 plants aren't cycling up and down significantly. It, it just allows for better utilization of the capital that you're putting on the ground. But some of the other areas that you mentioned, we certainly have experience ourselves in, you know, hospitals, you know, directly universities. We have a casino. They they're they're interesting animals because they they do have a, a bit more of a a seasonal and even an hourly load variation. You know, the the nights and weekends look a lot different than during the day. In addition to the spaces I've already mentioned, we're in construction at a carbon black facility. We have you know, multiple projects that we're looking at in the food and beverage industry, as well as the mining business. So, so following up on the uh, capital intensive nature of these projects, in your experience, what are the typical payback period ranges for the CHP technology? Good question. I'll, I will say it's highly variable. If I had to throw out a, you know, a relatively, you know, tight range, I'd say they're high single digits, a number of years. So, you know, seven to 10 year time frame is what we would typically see from a payback period. Thank you. I just want to also put the payback period uh, analysis in context, because in my experience, even though it, this is really uh, one of the most important considerations for the potential sites considering the CHP, they also consider benefits and risks that cannot be easily translated into dollars, such as uh, reliability and resilience benefits or reducing the emission footprint, etc. Have you also uh, considered those in your past projects? That's a really good point. We seem to be getting that question more and more in our CHP evaluations that folks will ask us, what is the carbon footprint? If we implement this now, we may or may not know what their uh, their status quo carbon footprint is, but they will be asking us what will be the new carbon footprint with a CHP. And it's because of that. I think what folks are doing is they're, they're turning, they're, they're looking at you know, tons of CO2 a year, and then they're deciding what dollar should I you know, prescribe to that amount? Should, should I say it's $5 a ton, $10 a ton, something like that, so they can start to turn it into you know, something that was typically historically a little more qualifier into a quantified value, but we certainly see that a lot. And, and it is interesting when you're thinking back to the outsourcing Q&A that we were talking about earlier, we have that conversation about simple payback oftentimes because when we introduce our model into projects, what we're proposing is to come in and invest our money. So theoretically, the payback period is infinite. So as we are coming to the end of this conversation, Mike, we talked about the potential benefits associated with the CHP, but we also know there can be some pitfalls uh, when, it, when it comes to having a CHP. So what should the facilities and facility managers do to avoid those issues? 
Interesting question. And we've touched on a, a bit before when we were talking about things to consider. And I would say that overnight analysis sometimes is a, a pretty big pitfall, in my opinion, that sometimes has people make odd decisions based on, well, it doesn't look like it makes sense now. And it's like, well, have you thought about the fact that your gas prices will you know, be changing over time as well as your electricity prices over time? That can turn a project that makes no sense into make, you know, making a lot of sense. Rarely have I run into any single issues that are not worth exploring anymore and say, put your pencils down. This is over. This is not going to make sense anymore. I would always say if, if, if you run into those issues, there are a lot of resources out there. You know, The first one I, I recommend to folks all the time is the DOE has their uh, CHP Technical Assistance Program. It's very easily accessible online. It includes a database that, that's searchable by state. You can go in, you can dive into different sizes, who's done what. And I think it's it's a great place to start because it is almost kind of the yellow pages for CHP to ask questions, to reach out to folks. You know, More often than not, most of the folks that I've run into that have installed CHP, they're not terribly secretive about the CHP. They might have certain feelings about what they're doing with the CHP, their process, things like that. But just say, how did you deal with putting that project? It's, it's in a floodplain. How did you deal with that? We had, we, you know, that's a project that, or an issue that DT had to deal with on a project in Ohio. We ended up raising the site 15 feet, <laughs> you know, putting in fill, you know, putting in uh, footings that way. It raised the project cost from, you know, maybe about $750,000, but on a $40 million investment, that was a small price to pay. And those situations, I always fear that there are folks out there that says, can't do it, don't have any space, floodplain, put my pencil down and, and move on. Give it a chance and certainly ask around. There are consultants, uh, there are engineers, there are OEMs, there are developers like myself. There's there's a, a pretty big network out there with uh, just a little uh, internet research that can tap you into that network. Mike, thanks for this very informative discussion. So if our listeners wanted to get in touch with you, how would they do that? Probably the best way to get a hold of me is uh, email michael.larson at dteenergy.com. Or you can go to DTE's website. You know, the, the group that I'm in is uh, dtepowerandindustrial.com. It's an interactive website. You can actually click on a map and look at the different projects you know, you know, throughout the map, including our CHPs. Great. Well, I really appreciate your time today. This was really informative. Uh, appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. This is a, a lot of fun. I also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Remember, for any facility or business considering CHP or thinking about their energy options, the folks at Buchanan and the Brattle Group have experienced teams of attorneys, CHP experts, and financing professionals who can help businesses across industries through the CHP consideration, approval, and installation process. Head over to BIPC.com and Brattle.com to learn more. This is Metin Selebi, and we'll see you next time on Alternative Power Plays.